All right. Wednesday night, March 23rd. I'm going to be reading out of uh, Daniel chapter 9 this week. Um, On Wednesdays, I'm just going back to certain things that have been mentioned, but not a whole lot of detail. And uh, on Sundays, we're going to try to be very much into the mystery parables. And then on Wednesdays, I'm just trying to go back and cover some things that people who are more into the in-depth study of the Word would be interested in and go through a little, just, just give you a chance to see some of the things that I've just mentioned in passing and uh, hopefully you'll get a better understanding. And then there's people who are listening to the podcast that uh, this would be very helpful for as well because they, a, lo- a lot of people who are listening are not regular members here but they do want to listen. So this, uh, this here, this Daniel chapter 9, I keep referring to it, and it's about the vision of the 70 weeks. Now, last week, I hope that was helpful going through the, the uh, Acts 16, the different people and the different types of people, and then I touched on it again. It was, I was able to remember it, and say a little bit more about it, and it really kind of ties in with the, uh, uh, the, the parable of the sower and the seed and the soils this past Sunday. So let's start reading. Let's pray. Let's pray first. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your many blessings, and Father, your ways are, are wonderful, and Father, we are more we, we, we need to be more in tune with your ways. Father, we have uh, what we think are great ideas, but we just need to be more in your word and more in prayer and listening to you. And Father, we just want to lift up, you know, before, before this recording started, we're just, we were just talking about the Pregnancy Resource Center and the prayer breakfast and and, and all the uh, good news that they had, and also the, the troubles that they're facing and the, and the needs that they have as well, the concerns and, and the prayers that were offered today by so many pastors who came together, that met together, sat together, ate a meal together, and prayed over all of these issue, issues. And Father, it just it, it lifted me up, and I, I was so... Uh, happy to be part of it, and I just want to continue to lift up that organization, and they do such a good work, and thank you for them. Continue to bless them. And Father, this church here, we're, uh, we're here to, to minister your word, to be here for the community, and Father, I pray that the people of this community or people who may listen to this that is on CD or on a podcast, that they would search us out and uh, know that they have a place they could come to. And Father, I pray that you would touch the hearts of people that they would understand that they need to come together with other believers. We need to be together. It's not the same listening on a, 
on a podcast or a CD. It's just not the same as coming together and being together. And I, Father, I pray that people's hearts would be touched to where they would want to come and to be a part of this. And Father, as we get into your word tonight, I pray that the Holy Spirit will, will guide us in it and teach us, and help us to understand the deep meanings of your word. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In the first year of Darius, the son of Azarias, and I, I know I don't say all these names correctly, and I don't say a lot of words correctly. Um, you know, I have had somebody ask me, what are you, what are you saying about this Christendom? And it's hard to say. It's, it's actually Christendom, but if someone go, puts forth the effort to put in a T, I want to pronounce all the, all the letters. That's just the way I am. You know, it, people say I say salmon wrong. Salmon, it's fish. It's got an L in there. I'm going to say the L. If you don't want me to say the L, take it out. So I hear different people say it, and I'm country, and I, I might not say all the words exactly right, but I do my best. I'm, working in the uh, horticulture field for a while, I used to get people coming in and asking for they would say chelated iron. I want some of, the, some of that chelated iron. You know, it's chelated iron, but I'm, I'm not going to embarrass them. And I'm like, you idiot, you don't even know what you're talking about. And they know what they're talking about. They know exactly what they need. If, so what? They said it wrong. Does it, I know what it was, I, they communicated with me. I knew what they, were, what they meant, and I would go get it for them. So um, I, I do my best, and feel free you're not going to hurt my feelings if you, if you correct me on something. Because I, I used to mess up on the word uh, prophesy. Because you, know, you, you, you see prophecy and then prophesy. And if you're not careful, you, you will say prophecy when you meant to say prophesy. And you've got to look for that C and that S that's in the word to know how to say it right. And uh, you know, be correct in that. Of the seed of the Medes, this is uh, verse 1 of chapter 9 of Daniel, which was made king over the realm of the, it's probably Chaldeans. But you might say Chaldeans. I don't care which way you say it. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years. Whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So he's, Daniel's in the books. I like Daniel. He's in the books. Now he's probably, he, I would say that uh, he's understanding things because he must be reading Jeremiah. That's what I get out of this. So he's in the Word, not just books, but he's in the Word of God. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. That's some serious praying right there. We don't pray like we should a lot of times. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. We ha- Notice what he says. He says, we have sinned. 
and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. If you read all of Daniel, if you read any kind of reference about Daniel, I don't think you're going to find anything that you can say, oh, look there, he's sinning. He's doing bad. Daniel needs to straighten up. I don't think you'll find anything about Daniel to where he needs to be praying we. But he does anyway. I can't find anything he does wrong that I could... I know he was a sinner because he's a human being like anybody else is born into this world. We're all, we all come into this world as sinners and we end up sinning when we're on, on this earth and some more than others, some worse than others, but we all are falling short. And, we, and, and then if you're not as bad as others, then you end up being just as bad as them because you've got some pride issues. And that's one of the seven things God hates. Or six things he hates, seven are abomination. So you just can't get away from it. But I can't see anything in here where Daniel has, where it's spelled out. Now, King David, I can show you some things. A number of things where he messed up bad. Uh, all kinds of people throughout the Bible that were good godly men. Abraham, I can point out some bad things he did. But I can't find anything for Daniel. But he identifies himself with his people, Israel. He doesn't, he doesn't say... If he, was an, uh, if he wasn't a humble person, he would have said... Uh, in 5, he was said, they have sinned. My people, Israel, oh, I don't know what to do with them. I don't even know if I want to claim them anymore. But they have messed up. And he would have been correct in saying that. But he is not pushing it off on his people. He is claiming that he is just as sinful as they are. Now that is a good way to pray. In humility. And they, it, it, what, what has happened is they have departed from God's precepts and, and His judgments, basically His word. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day, to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off. Through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. This is a, this is a beautiful prayer. This is Daniel praying to God. He is in a place that he really doesn't deserve to be. He's been taken off with the rest of them to the to, uh, Babylonians, to the Babylonians, and he is in slavery. Now he's he's treated differently because he was uh, him and his buddies, the ones that got thrown into the fiery furnace. They were set up higher because the king saw benefit out of them. He said, these are some sharp dudes. We're going to corrupt their minds so they'll be more like us, but we're going to use their brains. 
And they tried to corrupt them, but they couldn't. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ended up in the uh, fiery furnace. They wouldn't change. Even though their names were changed, they didn't change. They didn't forget where they were from. They held on to the Word of God, but the most part of them did waver. And that's what what this prayer is is about. O Lord, this is verse 8, to us belongeth confusion of faces. Or did I read that already? No, it just says it again. Uh, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. So that, that's, uh, that's back in uh, another verse as well. Nine, to the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by, by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us, and against our judges that judged us, by bringing upon us a great evil, for under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem." As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil is come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth, for we obeyed not his voice. You know, sometimes we, as a nation, as, as, a, as groups, we say, well, how could God let this happen? <laughs> we are so pitiful by saying things like that. Trying to blame God for the bad things that happen in this world. We need to be more like Daniel and understand how bad we are and how we've fallen away from him and quit wondering why he would allow bad things to happen. It's not, it's not him allowing us, us not doing what we're supposed to do. 15, and now, O Lord our God, that hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and has gotten thee renowned, as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolations, and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplication before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. O O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. 
Now here's the part where it starts getting into this breaking down the 70 weeks. Now remember, it's the word weeks is just seven. It's not what we what we say today. As far as when we say a week, that's seven days. But it's like a dozen. Hey, bring me a dozen. A dozen of what? That would be like, bring me a week. Uh, we would say, all right, here's your seven days. Well, no, I said a week, but you should have asked a week of what? Does that make sense? No, it's a week, a week, it's a week of years. So seven-year periods. Okay, and whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly. So that's one of the places in the Bible where you think they might have wings. Angels might have wings. The other one is in Revelation, where you, he's flying through the city. Okay. Touched me about the time of the evening oblate, oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. Awesome. It's amazing what you can get if you pray. At the beginning of thy supplications... The commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins. This is, a, this is an awesome verse. Pay very close attention to this. So, seventy weeks, so that's seventy sevens of years. It's total of 490 years. How many times do I forgive them? Seven times? No, how about 70 times seven? Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. How is this going to happen? How is this reconciliation of iniquity, how is that ever going to happen? And to bring in everlasting righteousness. It's not just righteousness. This is everlasting righteousness. And to seal up the vision and prophecy. See the C in there? Prophecy. And to anoint the most Holy, that's talking about Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about here. Gabriel has come to Daniel, and he's explaining what's going to happen in the future. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah... How many times is the word Messiah in the good book? Two. Pretty sure. It's, in the Old Testament, it says Messiah. I think it's, it, it, it's, I think it's two in the whole Bible. And I, and I can't remember. I think it's both in, in Daniel. But you don't see Jesus and you don't see Christ in word form in the Old Testament at all. 
It's all in the New Testament. But Jesus is seen all through the Old Testament, over and over. Even if you don't see him, you're just missing him. But he's there. The Messiah, the Prince, see that capital P there? Messiah, capital M, the Prince shall be seven weeks, comma, see the comma? And three score and two weeks. So you gotta something's gonna happen after the first seven weeks. So what's that? Seven times seven is forty-nine. So there's gonna be a forty-nine year period. Then there's gonna be this three score and two weeks. That's what sixty-two weeks, which is what four hundred and thirty-four years. And when you add those two together, you're going to get the 483. A lot of this I'm doing by memory, so if I mess something up, just raise your hands. They know that doesn't calculate right. 483 is seven shy of 490, right? The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. So you have, was it Nehemiah was... I need to go back. Okay, you can go back. Take what you need. I'll give you all your supplies. Go back and build. I mean, this is amazing what happened in that story. So with those things that are happening, you can start counting the years. And then in 26, and after three score and two weeks, so that second period, you got 49, and then you have the other period. After that, so you got to add the 49 and the 434, And then, so after that, shall Messiah be cut off. What? That don't sound good. Um, He's supposed to bring in a kingdom of heaven, and he's supposed to rule and reign on King David's throne, but he's going to be cut off. But not for himself, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end, notice the prince there is the little p. So that's the bad, shall come and destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war of desolations are determined. That's a whole lot of stuff all jammed into one verse. Don't try to make it make sense and in order, because I've shown you where there are Two totally different ages in one verse. Okay? Now, Messiah is going to be cut off. He's going to be taken by force. Not really. He allowed himself to be taken by force. Remember when they came to get him and he spoke and they all in one of the gospels it talks about how they all fell down backwards. And I think it did they did it twice. But all they can think about was rounding him up and getting him back so they can falsely accuse him and put him on trial during the wrong time of the day because it was done in secret and then get him to a cross, get him out of here. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That's seven years. Remember, we're missing the last seven years of the 490. 
So after these things happen in 26, then he's going to confirm. All right, so what happens at the end of this 483 years, everything just comes to a standstill as far as the Jewish nation is concerned. Now, the parables, the mystery parables, remember the one of this hidden treasure? The hidden treasure, that's Jesus finding Israel when he comes here. He can't do anything with them yet, but he loves them. He, there he is. He can't legally take them and do anything with them because they're supposed to be setting up an earthly kingdom. Israel's part of earthly kingdom, the land. So he hides them in a field, which is the world. They get dispersed throughout all of the world and amongst all the Gentile nations around the world, and we've seen it happen. We, ha- we can look back on history, and we can see how that all happened now. Jesus has hid them in the earth, and he is gone away, and he's going to purchase them. And then the devil, when he tempted Jesus... The devil said, look at all of my kingdoms. I'll give them to you if you bow down down and worship. The devil is the prince of this world. He's not completely defeated yet. He is running things here on this earth. Jesus couldn't rightfully take from the earth what he's going to do in the future when he comes back to rule and reign. He's got the power to do it whenever he wants. He had the power to not go to the cross. He had the power to call down all those legions of angels to wipe them all out. But he willingly went there, and it opened up the church age. That seven weeks that he just said that he's going to confirm, that seven weeks is going to happen someday in the future, and I can't tell you when. There's been plenty of people who tried to figure it out and say this is when it's going to happen. And if they ever guess the right date, God will probably change it. That's just being funny. It's all set. It's all going to happen. I don't know when. But the church, the true church, is going to be taken out of here in a moment's notice. It'll be boom, you're gone. When that happens, the church age comes to an end. And now, this seven, seven, uh, this one week... This one week, which is seven years, we call the tribulation. So everything that was going on up until the time Jesus was taken, leading up to the crucifixion, everything that was happening then, that seven years that are, that are out here in the future, all of a sudden is going to go boom and match up with the 483 that's already happened. Now, what, what happens in the middle of the seven years? And in the midst... That means in the middle, in the midst of the week, which is three and a half years, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Okay, now... There are people called preterists. And those, that group of people, they, they call themselves Christians, and they say their, their, their title or what they are is preterist. And they say that 
everything that this is talking about is Antiochus Epiphanes did that a long time ago when the Grecian Empire, uh, Alexander the Great had died, and he gave, he, what he did when he was dying, he split up the, his kingdom, his, he took over the world, and he split it up to four generals. And so they had four different places that the, each one of them ruled. Antiochus Epiphanes came out of one of those. He hated the Jews. He was the, one of the little horns. When you go back to the beginning of uh, probably in the middle of, uh, of Daniel, the, he was a type and picture Antichrist. He took a pig and sacrificed it in the temple to desecrate the temple. And that's what people will say who are, they think all prophecy has already come to pass. It's all done. Preterists are very depressed people. If you meet one, they are very depressed. They have nothing good to look forward to. And I try to give them the correct interpretation of the Bible and actually can kind of start convincing them a little bit. And then they don't want to talk to me anymore. And then they come right back around and they start spreading the same garbage all over again. They just don't want to talk to me anymore. I've met them. I've talked to them. Antiochus Epiphanes, the, here's the thing that, that they don't see. He comes out of the Grecian Empire. The real Antichrist that's coming in the future comes out of the Roman. Boom. That's all you need to know. He will be the last of the rulers of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire never really got defeated. It just divided and then divided and kind of every all I think all the 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 way the governments are in the world today, the nations in the world, there's no great empire. Even though Japan wanted to do it, Russia's wanted to do it, China wants to do it, all these big evil nations, they want to have a world empire again, but there's never actually been a world empire since the Romans. There really hasn't. There's been strong nations, but no one who's ran everything. And the Bible says that's the way it's going to be. And way back, people could say, well, yeah, after the Roman Empire, the next one's coming along, and they'll be the world empire, and just wait and see. It'll happen. It'll happen. It, it has never happened. It just has never happened. Because the Bible said it's not going to. You wait long enough, the Bible will be true. Even though you don't think it is, eventually you'll have to say, yep, it was right. So, what ha- so in the middle of that seven, or the, the one week, the seven years of the tribulation, right in the middle, everything's going to look great in the beginning of it. The Antichrist is going to look like he, is, he has figured it all out. He's going to cause peace to happen between people who've never been able to be peaceful with each other and everybody in the, who's left on the world. Because the true church is going to be out of here. When the true church is gone, things are going to get bad. They're going to look good at the beginning because he's just setting everything up. I, I believe that the temple has to be rebuilt. And I have found out over many years that everything is in place in Israel to where if they ever got control of the, uh, what is it, the Rock of the Dome, or whatever that is, the Muslim controlled area, if they can get that out of the way, they can put the temple back up in record time. 
They're all ready to do it. I think, this is just me, I think that whoever the Antichrist is, whenever he shows up, he's going to be the one that allows that to happen. He's going he's to make a peace treaty, and the Muslims are going to willingly give up that area. And the whole reason that the Antichrist, just like Antiochus Epiphanes, wanting to desecrate the temple, the real Antichrist who's coming, he's go, he wants that to happen. He wants to do it. And he can't do it if there's no temple. So I think a temple is going to be built really quick, and then in the middle of this, He's going to come in. Now, whether that's going to happen before we're raptured out of here and we see it, I, I don't know. But if you see that happen, you know we're getting close. So then he's going to go in and he's going to desecrate the temple in the middle of this. And then his trueness is going to come out and then everybody's going to be in big trouble. Anybody who believes, well, there's going to be the 144,000 that are going to be raised up right away. And they're going to go out and they're going to minister. And we get to the end of those mystery parables of the dragnet, and it's it's going to scoop up everybody, good and bad. Because a lot of people, they won't be saved with the gospel that we hear today, but they're going to be saved under kingdom of heaven principles. We're saved under kingdom of God principles. But once we get out of here and and the, the... old way of doing things comes back into play, then the 144,000, they are going to bring several people in, Jews and Gentiles. They will bring them in. And pretty much everybody... See, what's the condition? of One of the conditions of staying true and saved under that way of doing things, that dispensation compared to ours, they're going to be asked... Are you willing to die for this? I mean, we do. We really, we are the same way. But people, everybody's going to lose their heads in that time period that will not deny Christ, will not deny the real way. They're all going to be uh, brutally killed. And then the tribulation period will end. And when it ends, then Christ, with all of his saints, you'll see them coming down. Great battle and he will wipe out. You're going to have all these nations that are going to come together against Israel, and God is going to, Jesus Christ will show up on a different horse, (laughs) and he won't come like a little baby in a manger. He's going to come like a warrior, and he will destroy all of those people who are against Israel. And that's how it all ends, and then the millennial kingdom will come in where he actually sits on the throne of David. So. What do you think? It all makes sense now, right? (laughs) All right. Well, we're done. I hope that that helps. And, you know, I'm really, I'm really, after doing those seven churches in Revelation, you know, I'm going to start looking into Revelation a little more because of all these things that are happening kind of stirring me, me to look a little bit more into prophecy, maybe help people understand uh, what's going on, but we'll just continue to try to get through these mystery parables. I'd like to get it, I'd like to go through the rest of Matthew, but that's just me. We'll see. We'll see how the Spirit leads. Go ahead.
144,000 Jewish people. They're Jewish people. 12,000 each tribe. Exactly. 12,000, 12, the, the number of governmental perfectness to be tr- out, of, out of, and you say out of each tribe, but, it's, but there's one tribe that's left out of that, but another tribe has been brought in. The other tribe of Dan will not, will not participate in that. But just because there's really 13 tribes. I won't go into all those details, but we're done. But any other, any other things you want to bring up? Any questions? All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this evening. We thank you for your word. And Father, I pray that this word goes into our minds and into our hearts and we are better able to minister to those who need to know you. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.